Alrighty, folks, it is September of 2023 and stuff is afoot. There are things out there changing. We're in the middle of CMSC rulemaking. There's a bunch going on. Football season is here. It's chaos in the streets. Uh, you know, just how we like it. Jacob, I know that we had a plan for the show. And I know that we had a whole bunch of topics that we wanted to talk about. And then something happened. So I thought last uh, false alarm i thought that the sky was falling and we had another documentation leak on our hands and that there was going to be some information or some new moving information oira got through the process a lot quicker something happened and it was all systems go all hands on deck everybody report to your battle stations this thing's really happening right but then i thought and a couple months ago we had lauren Ayers from psc on the show and she broke down a situation similar to this. And it seems to be happening again. And what I'm talking about is uh, a little rumble of an update to uh, acquisition.gov with regards to CMMC subpart 20475. Can you please, Jacob, tell me what's going on? Yeah, so, uh, so this is now the third time that we have seen people in the CMMC ecosystem uh, completely confuse what's going on with the text of DFARS clauses, right? So it would be, personally, I think it would be one thing if it was like a small business contractor or folks that, you know, uh, don't know what's going on. But since we're sort of seeing this from people who have CMMC certs and people who have voices and platforms in the community, uh, we need to sort of go through the details of what's not happening so that we can hopefully help people stop, uh, you know, sending up false alarms. Okay. So three months ago, like you said, we had Lauren Ayers on the show, a uh, former contract officer for the Navy to help us uh, understand one weird quirk that shows up when you go look at the CMMC DFARS clause, right? Or really any DFARS clause. But most of the time what happens is people will Google DFARS clause 7021, which is the CMMC clause. They'll go to regulations.gov. And then at the very top of the page, it will say effective date. And a lot of times that effective date will be very recent. And immediately what happens is they go, oh my God, uh, it's changed. It's been updated it's effective. And so we've seen people post that rulemaking is complete because it is now effective as of this recent date. We've seen people say things are have changed because it is effective as of this recent date. And like we talked about with Lauren, which we'll link to that episode below, uh, this is really an example of the parable of the blind men and the elephant. So if everybody knows that story, there's a, a group of blind people and they're standing around the elephant and they're all touching a different part of the elephant and describing what they see. And then they're assuming that the elephant is what they perceive it to be rather than what the whole thing is, right? They're not taking in all of these other uh, perspectives on what's going on. And what we're doing by only looking at the text of the CMMC clause on regulations.gov is we are only looking at one part of a really, really big elephant, right? It is right. one tiny cog in the overall DFARS wheel. 
which is one of many wheels in the overall code of federal regulations. And unfortunately, through poor user interface design, uh, there's this goofy effective date on the page, and it looks like it is relevant to the text of the clause. There's no way of knowing when you're just looking at it that there's this issue. So, okay. All right, so here's the here's the the story, okay? And and I guess maybe just at the top we can dive into this. So, if you at the time of this recording go look at the DFARS clause 7021, you will see that it has a quote-unquote effective date of 8/17/2023, right? Now, uh, before we get into all the details, uh, I can already prove to you that that is not the effective date of any change within the DFAR 7021 clause, because if you go look at the date for DFAR 7012, which was the clause created through rulemaking in 2016, guess what its most recent effective date is? 8-17-2023. DFAR 7012 hasn't changed. DFAR 7021 hasn't changed. If you look at literally any other clause in the DFARS, they all have this effective date of 817. So what the heck is going on? The effective date for the DFARS clauses refers to when the overall set of everything in the DFARS is republished to incorporate all of the changes that may have happened since the last time it was published. And as we learned from Lauren, this is a carryover from the good old days when the entire tome of DFARS was published in hard copy, right? And so as a result, they would go through rulemaking and they would update the text of the DFARS. And then occasionally on a regular basis, they have to print the new DFARS and then they would issue it. So when contract officers are flipping through countless clauses and provisions, they have to make sure that they're using the most recent text of the DFARS so they don't miss anything because they're not tracking you know, every single piece that's moving and changing all the time. They're just using the most current version of the DFARS, right? Okay, so, um, you know, for instance, the 2020 rule that gave us the CMMC clause DFARS 7021 was published in September of 2020, and it was effective as of November 30th of 2020, right? And so if you go into regulations.gov, you can actually see the archive of all of the versions of DFARS that have ever been published, right? They have a PDF copy if you want all bajillion pages of the DFARS from some past version for some reason, right? So here's a fun piece of trivia. How many times has the DFARS been issued since the 2020 rule was published? I do not expect anyone to know this answer. I didn't know this answer until I looked it up before the show. It is... 27. Since the rule was published in 2020, there have been 27 new issuances of the DFARS since then, because something has happened somewhere in the DFARS, and so they have to update it and publish it. So that does not mean that the CMMC clause, DFAR 7021, has been changed 27 times, right? That just means that the overall catalog of clauses and provisions has been republished 27 times, right? You can so do this trick with, you can basically do this trick with anything. If you go back to 2016 with the DFAR 7012 clause being revised into the current version that we know today, uh, the DFARS has been reissued 59 times 
since it was uh, updated via rulemaking. So the effective date on regulations.gov is not indicative of changes of any particular piece of a DFARS clause. If you only Google DFARS 7021, or you only Google DFARS 7012, or you only Google DFARS 7008 or 7019, any of these clauses and provisions that are relevant to cybersecurity requirements, you are looking at one piece of the elephant. So let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. You're saying that uh, since uh, DFARS case 2019 was released um, in 2020, right? The 2020 rule was released 27 times. This particular scenario has happened where yes. you would be able to go into the website and you would see that the effective date has changed 27 times. And then case 2013's done that 59 times. Correct. And this could so, be, yeah. This could be for a multitude of reasons. And I, I want to make sure that, that I'm right here. So anytime that there is a new addition to the, the DFARS in that particular subpart or the overall, then there's a new effective date because then that's now put into rotation. So when we right, get emails yeah. from, from the federal register saying new DFARS clause or, or right, whatever so, it may be. Right. So, so rulemaking, right, is the process of adding and revising and deleting and mm -hmm. changing the text of regulations, right? Mm -hmm. And so rulemaking uh, that the DOD goes through could, you know, there's lots of different things that rulemaking can do. But one of the things that DOD rulemaking can do is it can change and add and revise and delete the text of contract clauses. And contract clauses live in Title 48 of the Code of Federal Regulations. So if they're doing Title 48 rulemaking, that means they're going to be changing or revising or adding to uh, the language in some contract clause or provision somewhere in the DFARS. But remember, there's thousands and thousands right. of these clauses and provisions. So there's rulemaking going on from different parts of the DOD all the time. And so whenever a final rule comes out and the text of something is changed, then it gets updated in the DFARS. And then uh, sometime after that, a new copy of the DFARS is issued. And the effective date of your copy is whatever date you're looking at, 8-17-2023, January of 2021. It's like, you remember back in the day, kids, they had these things called encyclopedias and you would have the, the 2021 Encyclopedia Britannica set, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next year there's a new encyclopedia. Uh, it's the same, pretty much the same information except for a couple of small changes. Exact same thing. You have an encyclopedia of contract clauses and we've we get basically a new uh, set of volumes every few months, right? Now that is okay. independent of what rulemaking is doing. But like I said, when you when you just Google DFAR 7021 and you look at the text of the clause, that effective date at the top of the page has no context, right? It, it doesn't tell you any of this. You know, we had to go ask Lauren Ayers to explain to us because we knew that the text of the clause has not changed. Rulemaking has not completed. So what does that effective date mean? It can't mean that there is some sort of a change. And that's when she told us this whole you know, painful story of how the machine actually works under the hood. So, you know, let's maybe get into some details here about what the 2020 rule actually did uh, and then what we're waiting on as far as rulemaking comes up. And like I said, when this process is complete, then we will see changes in the text of those clauses, but not before then and not as a result of these effective dates, if you will. Sure. Uh, okay. So, 
like we said, the code of federal regulations is where uh, federal regulations live, right? Rulemaking is the process of creating and revising regulations, right? Rule is just another word for regulation in government speak. Uh, you can find this online in the ECFR, just Google ECFR, and the entirety of every rule and regulation that the government has on the books can be perused to your heart's desire if you want to, for whatever reason. And so the Code of Federal Regulations is split up into titles. Uh, and so there's these sections, right? And so it covers everything that the government regulates. And Title 48 is known as the Federal Acquisition Regulation System, the FAR, right? And so just that section of the Code of Federal Regulations is where all acquisition regulations live, all FAR clauses and provisions, the text of all of your federal acquisition regulations are in that title, Title 48. Mm -hmm. Titles are split into chapters, and Chapter 2 of the FAR is the Defense Acquisition Regulation System, what we call the DFARS, right? The DFARS okay. is a defense supplement to the FAR. And under Chapter 2 is where all of the contract clauses live in the DFARS, right? Okay, so chapters are split into parts, and the ones that people are probably familiar with are... Uh, the ones that fall under part 252. So this is where we refer to things as DFARS 7012, DFARS 7021, DFARS 7019 is basically a shorthand way of saying Title 48, Chapter 2, Part 252, the text of solicitations and provisions and contract clauses under the defense supplements to the FAR, right? So it's mm -hmm. like this weird cascading... I often describe this uh, weird numbering process as subnetting for lawyers, right? So we're in this like uh, weird sub, you know, outline of, of how this whole regulation system works. Okay, so any part of the DFARS, if it's going to change or be updated or added to, has to be done through rulemaking, right? Just like any other part of the Code of Federal Regulations. So in 2020, the DOD issued their interim final rule that everybody in the sort of community knows that sort of brought CMMC and the DOD assessment methodology and made them real. Uh, but what was actually happening in the rulemaking process was this rule says to go to different parts of the DFARS, part 204, part 212, part 217, and part 252, and do a couple things. So first they said, go to part 204, which is called administrative matters, and then go into subparts, right? This is this is where the bureaucracy lives, folks. So, I mean, this is just the, the way that they get through it. So we're Title 48, Chapter 2, DFARS, Part 204, Administrative Matters, and then it says go into this subpart, 204.73, which is called Safeguarding Covered Defense Information and Cyber Incident Reporting. That should sound familiar to everybody, because that's the name of the rule in 2016 that updated DFAR 7012, right? So, that, you know, this is it's saying, hey, we're we're going to be doing something in that section of the DFARS. That section of the DFARS exists because of rulemaking in 2016. Mm. And so, under that subpart, 
it goes into various sections and it says amend this section for policy, revise this section for procedures, amend this section for solicitation provisions and contract clauses. All of this information is information for the contract officers to say, in this circumstance, add this clause. In this circumstance, add this provision. Under this circumstance, this is the guiding policy. In this sure. situation, these are the procedures that you follow, right? And so the 2020 rule is saying, here are new instructions for when and how to deal with these contract clauses, which exist in a different part of, of the DFARS that we'll talk about in a second. Now, this is important because the changes that were imparted into the Code of Federal Regulations and the DFARS as a result of this rule, right, won't change until rulemaking changes them again. And so one of the very, very common misconceptions that we see in conversations with people, in A-B town hall questions, on social media and LinkedIn threads, everywhere is people will say, by October of 2025, CMMC is supposed to be fully rolled out, right? And mm -hmm. if you Google the clause 7021, and you go read the text of the clause, it will say until October 1 of 2025, we're in a phased rollout. After October, 20, uh, October 1 of 2025, it'll go in all solicitations and provisions. So it's going to happen by October 2025. That is not correct. The right. text of the clause is frozen in time as it was written and revised in 2020, because until the rulemaking cycle completes again, it cannot be updated, right? So all of those phased rollout estimates that you see in the clauses won't be updated until the current rulemaking cycle goes and updates them, right? So when you see effective date, August of 2023, and then you read down and it says, roll out by October of 2025, if you don't know what the effective date is representing, and you don't know that that's the text from 2020, you're going to go, oh my God, they're going to slam CMMC in every contract by the end of 2025. And that's not true, right? So you could see where somebody could take this and, and run with it, right? And then oh, yeah. obviously create this spiral of, of clickbait uh, in the worst possible right. way, because like you explained, until rulemaking comes through and changes these subparts and, and the particular clauses attached to them, it's still going to demonstrate the last time rulemaking took place and right. went through and made it. And you may see an effective date of August 17th, 2023 and phased rollout and run with it. And realistically, you're going with old news that sure. just hasn't yeah. been updated because this part of the elephant. Yep. Yeah. This part of the elephant says it's effective as of August. This part of the what? elephant says it's going in all contracts in October of 2025. Therefore, the whole elephant is it's going to be in all contracts by October 25. That's not true, right? This is why it's so important to listen to what DOD says, because they won't tell us exactly what's in the rule. They're not allowed to, but they do give some pretty big hints over the last two years. For instance, they have said they want a three-year phased rollout. We don't know exactly when the rule is going to be published, but that's why we've done all this timeline analysis. We put out all this content to say, here are the possible situations that we could end up in if it's a proposed rule, if it's an interim final rule, and therefore this phased rollout period they've hinted at would look like this, right? It is not as of October of 2025. And I say that to say, uh, you're not helpless here, right? It isn't that mm -hmm. uh, 
this text is out of date and we have no idea whatsoever what could possibly be happening. It's just that you have to know where the text came from, what DOD is currently saying, and then extrapolate forward based off of known timelines for rulemaking, what sort of, what the boundaries of the ballpark look like that we're, that we're playing in. Okay, so uh, like we said, there were multiple parts of the 2020 rule that update parts of Title 48 of the DFAR. So we talked about part 204, that's administrative matters. And we'll have links to all this for everybody in the notes if you want to follow along. So then uh, outside of part 204, where it talks about the phased rollout, you know, so it's important to know, there's part 212, the acquisition of commercial items. It goes in there and it amends uh, a section of uh, that part and subpart. And it talks about the solicitation and provisions, uh, the contract clauses for the acquisition of commercial items. As we know, there's COTS exemptions. This is where that language lives uh, inside of the rule because that's where uh, they amended part 212 of the DFARS from the 2020 mm -hmm. rule. Uh, they also go into part 217, special contracting methods, more instructions for the contract officers for what sort of optionality they have to exercise in certain situations. And then finally, the big one that most people are familiar with, part 252. Part 252 is called solicitation provisions and contract clauses. So when companies get DFAR 7012, DFAR 7019, DFAR 7020, and in the future, DFAR 7021, the text that they get in their purchase order, in their contract, in their subcontract comes from this part of the Code of Federal Regulations. And that part of the Code of Federal Regulations has the text that was given to it by the rule in 2020, or the rule in 2016, or the rule in 2013, or the rule coming up that we're waiting on, right? So that's how you go from the weird, wacky world of rulemaking to a piece of paper uh, purchase order that you have coming across your desk, right? Okay, so the 2020 rule in part 252 says, add the following sections, 252, 204, 7019, 7020, 7021, right? Those are the ones that we're all familiar with, right? It's only one piece of what the 2020 rule was actually doing. Remember, all the stuff that the 2020 rule did by amending, revising, and adding to part 204, part 212, part 217, those are instructions for what the contract officers are going to do their policies, their procedures, their options, their situations. Only that one tiny part in part 252 contains the text of these clauses and provisions, right? And those clauses and provisions are only a few sentences long. I mean, even DFAR 7012 is only like 13 paragraphs. So you imagine the overall size of the DFARs and the overall size of the FAR, right? If you only Google those clauses and provisions, right, you are looking at a teeny tiny piece of the elephant. And mm -hmm. it just, it wasn't written for people to Google it and then be able to reverse engineer what's going on. It's written for contract officers that are already trained in what's going on. Now, I'm glad that people are Googling it and keeping their thumb on the pulse and looking at it, but it is very confusing and it can easily lead you to putting out incorrect information. If you say 2025, effective date of August of 2023, wham, bam, there you go. 
we're on a two year phased rollout, right? That's that's not what's going on. Yeah, you, what's going to happen is, and or what has happened is, is you, people are seeing this and they're saying, "You got two years, panic button, panic button." Right. Um, off of that, but realistically, what happened was is that there's a new effective date attached to it because they inserted some clause that was just passed uh, to I don't know check out the density of a Snickers bar before you acquire it and put it in the PX, right? Like, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could be it could be some update that happened via rulemaking in the DFARS in any part of the DFARS. And, and just so, so that we're yeah. just so that we're clear, like and, and correct me, um, if if they were to go through and they were like, oh man, we had a typographical error or a uh, grammatical error that we need to fix, that's not a new effective date, right? That's just we're going to go in and fix it. Or yeah, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times changes like that. I can't remember the name of what that rule is, but yeah, like administrative matters and stuff like that are usually uh, are usually pretty easy to change. But this is part of the reason why rulemaking takes so long, right? Is that they it, the rulemaking is essentially the ultimate embodiment of the waterfall method of development in that mm-hmm. they are trying to get the exact perfect product at the end of the process. There is no put out kind of sort of what we we're expecting and then get a bunch of comments and then revise it and then go on. And they, they We all act like that's what happens with them publishing a rule and then getting public comments. But there are so many legal implications and so many political implications and so many sort of uh, uh, power struggles within the bureaucratic state itself over the rulemaking process that there are all these reviews and cycles and and checks. And like there's just all this red tape and bureaucracy around what ends up being 13 paragraphs in a contract clause that it takes two and a half years for them to finally publish it as final. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. We've seen this trend occur a lot since the end of 2021, where DOD said, we're going to do rulemaking. For people mm-hmm. that know what that means, it, it, was, it was basically over at that point. It's, that's why mm-hmm. I started saying CMMC is inevitable, because for DOD to commit to the amount of time and effort and money to go through the bureaucratic cost of rulemaking, they are saying we are burning the boats. There is no going back, right? We are committing to this very expensive quote unquote process. And we didn't know if they were going to do that when they were reviewing the program. So the 2020 rule came out, we spent all of 2021 under review. What are they going to do? Are they going to keep it? Are they going to scuttle it? What, what, what's happening? They came out at the end of 2021 and they said, we're going to go through more rulemaking that inevitably takes more time. But in the grand scheme of things, that was really all you needed to know. All right, so that brings us to the current state of rulemaking. And this is something that we've talked about in videos that we've put out in the past. Uh, effectively, there are two CMMC rules. And the be- the best way to understand that is which part of the Code of Federal Regulations are those rulemaking uh, efforts trying to change. So <clears throat> the 2020 rule was completely focused on 48 CFR, the DFARS part, the contract clauses and solicitations part of the overall code of federal regulations. Mm -hmm. The 2021 review of the CMMC program basically came up with one big problem. The CMMC clause DFARS 7021 doesn't point to anything, right? Where is the uh, program, the CMMC program itself written down? 
Mm -hmm. right? We've got the model document. We've got the cyber AB out there. You've got this contract clause that says, go get certified. But where is that written down? Where is that codified, right? Where are the rules for this program? And uh, because of the uh, political and security situation going on at the time of, you know, 2019, you know, circa 2019, they just jammed the rule out there and they said, slap a clause in the contracts and go get certified, right? Sure. So DOD said, well, the real way we should do that is we should write all these rules down for the program and then the clause can point to the program, right? So okay. you're basically dotting the I's and crossing the T's rather than uh, just sort of saying, go get certified. It is a better way of doing it. It is the proper way of, of, of having the program work. The problem is, is that you got to go through rulemaking to update mm -hmm. the Code of Federal Regulations to write down the rules of the CMC program. So when they came out in 2021 and said, we're going to do CMMC rulemaking, they were actually saying we're doing a second rule, right? We already have the rule from 2020 that has the text of the clauses. We don't have the rule that writes down the text of the program. And because sure. the text of the program is not itself what shows up in your contract, it's not in your contract clause, it's not going to be in 48 CFR. Instead, it's going to be in 32 CFR, a different title of the overall code of federal regulations. So uh, 32 CFR is called national defense and it is broken into subtitles. The first one is the department of defense and that one is broken into chapters. The first one is the office of the secretary of defense. And then from there they get into many sub chapters, one of which is called defense contracting. And so when you look at the unified agenda that comes out twice a year that gives all agency updates for their current rulemaking efforts. If you look up the CMMC rule, they aren't writing CMMC to 48 CFR. We already have that written down in DFAR 7021. We already have the parts that give the instructions to the contract officers. We're writing down the CMMC program at 32 CFR. So this is how many levels and what does the cyber AB do? And what is a lead assessor and on and on and on for hundreds and hundreds of pages, all of this information about CMMC essentially is going to be written down at part 170 in subchapter G, chapter one, subtitle A of title 32 of the code of federal regulations. Now, if you follow the link in the show notes, you'll notice part 170 in subchapter G doesn't exist yet. That's because the rulemaking that they're going through is going to create it. And if anybody out there remembers, you know, several weeks ago, OIRA made a little oopsie daisy and they leaked mm -hmm. the draft documents for CMMC. And sure enough, if you look in those documents and you control F for 170 dot, it'll come up with uh, CFR 170.1, 170.2, 170.4, and on and on and on, clearly referencing the missing part of the uh, subchapter G part 170 that the rule is going to create. And that's why I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, the documents are marked as drafts. The documents were leaked in an unofficial manner. And so take them with a grain of salt. But the, the, the addresses and the locations 
where that draft information would be written to line up with exactly where uh, they're supposed to be. So that's why I'm like, they're not completely fake news. They're not official. We just, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But man, there's a lot of smoke where, you know, in the room here. Uh, so, you know, there's, it was definitely um, very interesting to see that information inside those documents because it, it just lines up one for one where the rule is going to write that information down. And that's why, you know, we'll link back to that episode where we talked about uh, the OIRA leak. It, it's the same thing where it's, there's no big surprises in those documents. There's no like big, there's no new levels. There's no like, there's nothing crazy in those documents outside of, you know, is DOD going to pick A or B? Are they going to zig or zag here? You know, there's, there's like little things that'll get hammered out in the public comment period. And so as a result, you know, after all this information we just went through, people are like, well, we're going to wait on the CMMC rule before we get started on 171. And this is why Stacey Boschanek has said, what, why would you do that? The CMMC rule that they're doing, the 32 CFR CMMC rule is just going to take the information out of the CMMC model documentation that we've seen and then put it in the code of federal regulations. It has nothing to do with 800-171 and has nothing to do with the NIST revision cycle to 800-171. It has nothing to do with the contract clause uh, uh, stuff that's written at, at 48 CFR, DFAR 7019 and 20 and 21. Like it doesn't have anything to do with that. You're, you're literally just writing down the stuff that wasn't written down officially before so that the 48 CFR contract clauses can point to it in an official capacity. That's it. That's the whole yeah. story. Yeah, it, it just adds the, the definitive details that are needed to define what CMMC exactly means when it says go get it. Right. One of the most um, interesting points of the leaked documentation where they referenced uh, 170 is when it comes to external service providers, right? Isn't that where they represented or where they um, yeah. referenced 32 CFR 170? 26, yeah, I mean, right? yeah, so basically anything that has to do with the way that CMMC walks and talks and looks and feels is going to be written down in uh, subchapter G part 170 of title 32 of the code of federal regulations. And as you can imagine, that is a lot of information. And so that's why, you know, the rumors uh, over the last year or so have said that the, the text of the C the 32 CFR CMMC rule is like north of 200 pages. Because you have to imagine, okay, we want to know, you're, you're asking the most bureaucratic element of the Pentagon, which is saying mm -hmm. a lot, to go through and tell you exactly how CMMC is going to work. And they're going to do that, and it's going to take them 200, 250, 300 pages of information to go, this is what this level means, and this is what this certified role means. And this is what an external provider means. And this and this and this and on and on and on in an endless number of parts and subparts in this section of the CFR. There'll be a lot of details and information in there. You know, we had a sneak peek of part of that through the OIRA leak. It's not everything, um, but that's, that's what's going on. And so I guess just to link back to what we talked about at the beginning, there's clearly a lot of things happening as a result of the rulemaking process, mm -hmm. but in our eagerness for something to be final, um, the effective date on regulations.gov is not indicative 
of a change actually happening. You have to wait for the final version of a rule to say, go amend, revise, change, delete, add, create, all of those rulemaking verbs, right? Then it will go and it will change the text of the DFARS. It'll change the text of 32 CFR, right? The rulemaking process is the only way that you can change the text of what's going on, which is why it's so important to know when we expect the rule to happen, because once the rule happens, it's over, right? The text has changed. It's in black and white. There is no changing it at that point unless they decide to go through more rulemaking. And I don't think it takes a genius to figure out that after the last three to four years, DOD is not going to want to go through more rulemaking, right? Once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, I doubt they're going to want to do that. Um, no, there's so no way. One day there will be an effective date and an update date on that website. And that effective date and that update date will be the day that we find out what's in the CMMC rule. Right? Yeah. So let's say it's just not today. It's, it's just not, not today. August and, it's not Oct and it's not August 17th, right? Right. Uh, so let's say that the our estimates hold up based off of historical DOD averages for their rulemaking. We get a proposed rule at the end of October, maybe November of this year, right? And then they issue a new copy of the DFARS in December, right? That does mm -hmm. not mean that the text of the CMMC clauses will change in December because we have mm -hmm. to wait for the final rule to say, we took public comments, we listened to public comments, here are our responses, change the DFARS accordingly, XYZ, ABC, Correct. one, two, three, here you go. Then the text will change and things will be off to the races. The only caveat to that is if we get an interim final rule, right? Sure. Which there's, you know, I guess a, a small chance that that could still happen. If it's an interim final rule, then it becomes effective immediately, right? And then it changes the text right away and then we're right. off to the races. But that's only because you're skipping the public comment process. But, um, but yeah, so one day we will have the final rule final or interim final whichever form it takes and then sometime after that if you're really interested uh there will be a new issuance of the dfars but it won't affect anybody other than the contract officers and then a couple months later there'll be another issuance and it'll say effective as of this date and it won't have anything to do with the rule that just got completed right uh, like i said we'll link to the episode with lauren where we have more information on this We'll link to the uh, information that we have on the rulemaking timeline. We'll also link to the CFR if you would like to participate in the civic process and inform yourself on the way that the American bureaucratic machine of government actually works with the text of these regulations. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, and CS2 is coming up. So surprisingly, I think uh, it's like right around the corner, right? Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. Uh... As at the time of this recording, um, in three weeks, we're going to be doing this live in front of a studio audience, right? Like they say on the Merv Griffin <laughs> yeah. show. Yep. Right. I don't know what to expect there. Um, I'm a little, a uh, little nervous. I got to actually, I can't wear shorts during recording. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Like <laughs> well, there's it's going to be, people. I mean, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the, the agenda is finalized at this point. So we'll link to yeah, the CS2 site. Looks great. Everybody can check out what the topics are going to be. Lots of panels. This will actually have more speakers at this event than any CS2 prior. But just like we said, the CMMC rulemaking process that we're currently in, nothing to do with the actual requirements that companies have to implement and then be assessed against. The 171, 172 revision cycle 
does have something to do <clears throat> with the requirements that co uh, contractors have to implement. And that's what you and I are going to be talking about in that live session. Yep. And uh, there's still a discount code, which we will link in the description below. So people can check that out for your registration. There's registration in person. There's registration virtually. Uh, lots of ways to get a hold of that content and information. But we hope everybody comes and hangs out in person for the one-year anniversary of the podcast, which is pretty cool. It is awesome. Who would have thought they would let us do this for a year, dude? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll get the hook the hook treatment on stage, and they'll be like, all right, that's it. We, we ran it yeah. for a year. That's enough. But yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. Anyways. Set this off into the sunset. That's how, that's how we do it. Yeah. So that's where we go. That's effective dates on DFARS rules. If you see the effective date, if you see somebody talking about effective dates, don't listen to them, right? It's not the same thing. Yep. See you next week. See ya. Bye.